That's great. <laughs> All right. So, hey guys, and welcome back to Box Money. On this channel, we discussed a lot about stable currencies, just like how there's been a lot of controversy over Tether USDT. We use it, but people are afraid of it. We also have algorithmic stable coins we've been talking about recently, and we know that this is very, very necessary for traders because at the end of the day, they want to have both a way to expose themselves to crypto and also to exit crypto too. This question has always been um, asked, and today we are continuing discussion with the guys at eMoney. So today we have the CTO and co-founder of eMoney, and they're creating a different type of cryptocurrency, a stablecoin as well. So today we have Henrik Ostet Sorensen. He's a CEO, uh, CTO, and he's talking. We're going to talk to him about a lot of the regulations about what's happening with these type of stablecoins and what's happening with eMoney. So welcome, Henrik, to our channel. Thank you. Thank you. So. So very quickly, I guess, um, you know, starting off, uh, kind of what, what is special about e-money? You know, like what's your passion behind this project? We do a couple of things a bit different than the existing stablecoins. Our stablecoins are interest-bearing, and we are aiming to provide a periodic uh, proof of funds that they're actually in the bank account, so to increase trust in the system. And then we're building on uh, third-generation blockchain software. We're building on the Cosmos SDK stack, which provides some very interesting properties in that we can do payments in a incredibly quickly like a half a second uh, it's usually an average transaction time with finalization so that provides us with the um, with the tools for for a future where you might be using crypto to pay for stuff in for example a supermarket and um, where we can compete in in uh, timing with for example credit cards in that way I see. And, and that's interesting, right? Because, you know, there's always been this talk about Tether, right? You know, Tether is the number one stable currency right now. It's a way for people to expose themselves to the US dollar, especially we see a lot of movement for that in Asia because it's harder to get US dollars here. So the, you're pointing out some of the biggest problems with Tether, right? So number one problem, it doesn't bear interest. You save that there and magically, well, yeah, guess what? Uh, someone's going to benefit from that interest, but it's just not you, right? The other big problem, obviously, is we don't know if there's actually any audits on Tether. So there's no third-party audits. They always say, oh yeah, we have the money in the bank, but <laughs> you know, I, I, everyone's going to say that, right? But is it valid or is it not? That's going to be an, mm. an issue. And lastly about speed as well. So um, coming to this, right, you're creating this um, new currency. So how, how are you dealing with that? I mean, obviously I think one of the biggest hurdles of why Tether did things the way that they did is with regulation, right? So kind of what regulatory hurdles did you have to overcome? How did you get this on this way? We, we spent the first two years of the project talking to the Danish and European FSAs and getting mm -hmm. uh, talk, spending way too much time and money talking to lawyers about it. So uh, clearing a lot of regulatory hurdles, finding out what our regulatory status is mm -hmm. in order to be compliant. Um, and we, we managed that, fortunately. And um, at the parallel to that, we, we, we developed the technology. So it's a it's a, it's a moving target. There's a lot happening in Europe in this area right now, but uh, we are we are aiming to to follow along and keep an eye on where the regulation takes us and uh, make sure we 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 end up in the right slot, so to say. 
<laughs> Got it. So, so it's always about just getting that regulation and approval done, and it's just, it's a time-consuming process, right? So, oh. I guess it's I guess it's one of those issues where it's um, a lot of work with lawyers and a lot of time with lawyers. Then yeah. um, you you see this uh, market. I mean, obviously, it's definitely ripe for stable coins because we definitely have some issues with Tether, and you know, there's always these accusations that. You know, when people hold Tether, you know, they hold USDT, there's always this fear, you know, is it is it one-to-one redeemable? What if it loses its value all of a sudden? What's going to happen? You know, how do you prevent that kind of fear going on? We partnered with uh, Ernst & Young to provide the periodic proof of funds. So so they will, we expect once a quarter, they will mm-hmm. make a statements that they looked at our bank accounts and said, yes, this is, uh, this is, these are the balances. Mm. So that's uh, fairly simple. I mean, uh, getting into this game is all about trust, I believe. So we need to create a lot of trust in the system that it uh, works mm-hmm. and that it um, we're not uh, cheating on the scales. That's uh, incredibly important. So, so you know, I, I kind of always guess that one of the reasons why Tether didn't uh, and they're not uh, getting uh, these proof of funds is because uh, there's banking issues, right? Um, a lot of um, a lot of banks are not crypto friendly, especially if you know to, um, you know they know that this is now a crypto account. You know, sometimes just like they freeze assets that are crypto related. How do you skirt around these issues? Well, we we found a fairly crypto friendly bank, and now we mm-hmm. spend a lot of uh, resources and time on uh, keeping them keeping them happy and satisfied and uh, showing them all the documentation they ask for. So, but uh, in the longer term, we'll also be looking for, for probably one or two more banks uh, to, to get that done. Got it. So uh, one of the things here, right? So, so you're, you're, the, the bank knows that you're doing this. So that's great. I mean, I think yeah, that was one, yeah. of the, one of the issues. And then, then you provide audits with Ernst & Young. So uh, the funds are there. Okay. So next up is the interest bearing aspect, right? So right now, like how much interest can people expect on their funds? How will they receive it even? You know, how, how does this whole thing work, right? Yeah. yeah. So the, the interest bearing mechanism, it actually happens by doing away with the the usual one-to-one pick that stablecoins employ and say mm-hmm. instead of that we have a dynamic pick where where we constantly publish uh, the ratio of tokens to the bank account balance so that oh. means that means that if like the short version of that is it's it, you have a proportional right to the bank account balance so if you have 10 percent of the tokens of the currency you have 10 percent of the bank account uh, mm. this has um this came about because it's simply necessary in Europe. We had the, we had very low interest rates for 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 many years now. So it's it it was necessary in order to create a business model that uh, was sustainable for for stablecoin. Mm-hmm. What that then allowed us to do was actually to create a a, a token, a staking token, where we are can which we can use to to share in the success of the project, so to say. So the staking token gets bought back with um, and burned with the with a part of the interest from the from the um, from the stable coins uh okay so so then what, what is the ratio right so how many coins are you going to create what's the differences between them which one is the stable coin which one is the project coin and the utility coin 
Right now, we are issuing five staple coins. It's uh, the euro, the Swiss franc, and uh, the three Scandinavian currencies, uh, the Danish krona, the Swedish krona, and the Norwegian krona, because mm-hmm. we're located in Copenhagen, Denmark, so we thought it would be nice to to have the Nordic currencies, although I don't. maybe they will not be the one that are most uh, in demand. In addition to that, we have our staking token, because our chain is running proof-of-stake, like uh, most of the, the newer chains are. And the staking token is called the NGM. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, what's unique about the staking token is that we we set aside one percent of the interest that is uh, that is accrued on the stablecoins to mm-hmm. to buy back the NGM tokens. So in in essence, the more we issue, the more valuable these uh, NGM will be. Mm. But um, you've said that there's been very low interest in Europe for some time, right? In fact, there's almost negative interest. So wouldn't that mean there, <laughs> there'll be negative uh, buybacks in the past, in the future or whatnot? Like, uh, how would that work if if the, the signs are flipped? Well, we actually, yeah, we have had negative interest for a while. I'm actually on my house right now. I'm paying a negative interest rate on my mortgage, which is... Uh, You're getting money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a little bit surreal. Um, How we handle that is that uh, this negative interest uh, uh, will be, um, it's it's passed on to the end user, which is, uh, of course, doesn't sound good. But uh, when you consider that it's uh, maybe uh, 1% per year, it actually evens out to to, to rather little. And I believe uh, we make up for it by having exceptionally small fees on the the chain Mm. in large part. So if... You compare it to some other systems or credit cards, for example, I think it, it, it adds up to something good. In the longer run, when our economy perhaps uh, returns back to normal, uh, it will it means that um, holding our tokens will be much like having a bank account and it will be a positive interest rate uh, on your deposits. So that's, that, that's a future we can all look forward to. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely fingers crossed <laughs> for a more positive economy, right? So, okay. So you're issuing out the uh, euros and three different currencies, um, uh, Nordic currencies there. Um, and Swiss franc. And a Swiss franc. So it's, it's yeah. an exposure for a lot of Europeans. Then now, now you, the kind of interesting part is that you're not directly on Ethereum. You're not on Bitcoin, but you're rather on Cosmos, right? So it's another ecosystem. It's extremely fast. So why do you choose that in the first place? Um, the, we chose it for several reasons. We like uh, that it has instant finality. Once a transaction is in the block, it's it's there. It has mm-hmm. very high transaction throughput, so we can mm-hmm. support. Uh, well, like well, we're not gonna have high fees or run out of the transactions space for a while. It's also we like that it's proof of stake. To be honest, uh, proof of work is doesn't seem sustainable for the longer term. Mm-hmm. That being said, what we're doing uh, on our since we have our own chain, we we. Uh, we have the option to to bridge to other chains. So oh, we're okay. building on the BIP3 standard, we're building a bridge that will bring us to Avalanche and to mm-hmm. Ethereum, which nice, should be nice. coming out fairly soon. I mean, it is, uh, it is unsustainable to ignore Ethereum right now. That's where everything is happening, although the fees are exceptionally high. 
<laughs> yes. So so basically, you chose a chain that's cheaper and then it has cross-chain capabilities, right? So Indeed. you're trying you're trying to be able to bridge that, uh, make this currency available everywhere. But at the same time, if it's a native chain, it's super fast, right? So it's exactly. it's like <laughs> magnitudes faster than Ethereum, but which is also like <laughs> magnitudes faster than a Swift transaction, right? If you ever want to do a Swift transaction right now, it'll take days, right? <laughs> uh, it makes Ethereum look fast, right? So. <laughs> Um, there we go. Exactly. So, We're moving who, in the right direction overall. <laughs> exactly. So, so um, you know, who, who do you want to use this? Who's your end user um, goal right now? Like, well, you know, uh, who do you want this? Who do you want part of your community? Who do you want to use this? Uh, our long-term road is for to be ready for the future where, where crypto transactions take place in the real world. Um, so someone is paying in the supermarket, they might not even care that the app they're using is backed by, by a blockchain somewhere. They might not know that much like we don't know when our web page is backed by whatever database. Yeah. That, uh, that future is uh, kind of far away. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so for the foreseeable future, we'll be focusing on uh, getting anchored into uh, the cryptocurrency system mm-hmm. and make, uh, make our stablecoins uh, available to, to crypto users and to exchanges and, and, and the whole community. Got it. Uh, and, and seeing there's definitely a lot of competition in this realm too, right? I mean, it's like um, almost everyone wants to make a stable coin because obviously uh, <laughs> it's a lot of money involved, right? If you can be able to um, operate like this, you know, what would be your advantage? Like if you, if you had to compete with everyone else, you know, uh, uh, what, what would be say, the core driving core feature for people to, to really say, okay, like I want to use me money rather than everything else? Well, one, one advantage we have over the more traditional stablecoins is that, that people can become part of uh, our community, so to say, by having the NGM token, which, which should uh, increase in value based on our, our issuance of stablecoins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, there's the, the technology, of course, that is really nice. And uh, our model is also... The token model we've created is very suitable for a future where, where blockchains interoperate, where, where you to, your tokens, the ones you've issued, may not even be on the chain where you issued them. They probably mm-hmm. left and crossed three bridges and are now somewhere else that you couldn't predict in a context you couldn't imagine. So that, that's the, we're ready for that future. We don't need to, to, to have transaction fees on our chain in order to, to make a living or to have things <laughs> uh, work around which uh, I think is, uh, is pretty powerful. That's very, very forward thinking. So, okay, so wrapping this up, you know, if people want to find out a little bit more about eMoney, what's the best way to reach you guys? Uh, the best way to reach us is uh, to go to our website, eMoney.com and mm-hmm. uh, join our Telegram group, reach out to, to, to us. We, we're, we're very open to hearing suggestions from the community and working with the community. Awesome. So I definitely want to thank Henrik for coming in. I definitely feel like there are a lot of, work has been done in terms of regulation these past few years. And that stable coin ecosystem is definitely going to grow because at the end of the day, <laughs> it's growing by billions per month at this current point. So definitely having less reliance on one currency, having more and having regulatory approval at the um, same time as also having the technology to actually push that towards broader adoption. I think that's kind of core here. So thank you, Henrik, so much for coming in and we'll thank see you guys in the future.